Hello and welcome to the next episode of Next Man Up. And it is not a special episode this week because we do not have a special guest on. And <clears throat> as I'm sure a few of you have seen already, um, not quite a special performance from our favourite birds. Anyway, without further ado, let me introduce my excellent colleagues and co-hosts, Mick and Phil. Mick, how are you doing, my friend? Not bad, mate. Um... Excellent, is maybe stretching it a wee bit, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready to talk. I'm ready to talk about what just happened last night. You had, you had a day. You had a day off today to kind of ingest it in. Has that been going through your mind throughout the day, or have everything <laughs> gotten away? <laughs> no, I've been I've been a bit busy with the guests today, so I've, I've thankfully not been thinking about Eagles too much. But well, last night was was definitely an effort on my part. Uh, happy happy first birthday to your youngest uh, from all of us here at Next Man Up. <laughs> Phil, how how you doing, my friend? Yeah, fine. Stayed up with Mick. Couldn't stay up very long at all. I think it was midway through the second quarter. I said I was going to bed. Then the Eagles actually finally put a drive together. Um, stayed up a bit longer than they threw an interception or something, I think. And then I just switched the TV off and stormed upstairs about half one in the morning. <laughs> and, and you know, thank you to you both uh, for not flooding the WhatsApp chat with everything that happened. You, you took it offline between you two. Uh, if you if you were chatting, because I managed to wake up this morning and catch uh, the first two halves without knowing what happened. But Phil, just before we get into things, like you know, how did it feel being on the bench uh, for the last podcast? Uh, can you give us some constructive feedback on on how we did without your your fence presence? Yeah, I think I think Zach just about managed to do a good job and sort of make me not be missed too much but um no no it was interesting it's an experience isn't it when you sort of a little bit of FOMO but also I was just wasn't able to make it I was sat on a train directly typing up the art without a really seal all so I was <laughs> anyway so no harm no foul I love it I love it all right guys let's get straight into it. uh the Philadelphia Eagles last night uh lost Second preseason game, 35 to zero. That sounds, in my opinion, way worse uh, than it actually was. But the fact of the matter is, are the Eagles have now gone six quarters, 52 and 0, uh, the last six quarters, the Eagles over the last two preseason games. Uh, Mick, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, just, you know, Ooh. initial initial feel and, and, and takes from, from the game last night. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to steal everybody's points, so I'll just keep it brief for now. But it was a slog, and and listen, I'm not going to get hysterical about the game. Um, I was I was angry last night, but that's because, like Phil says, we're up till one, two in the morning watching dog shite. Is is the best word I could probably give to that. Flacco, dog shite. He was absolutely terrible, and and Mullins was even worse. He was horse shite. So, <laughs> it's that 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 was my biggest takeaway that. If Hurts goes down, we are in big trouble this season because they, they just couldn't string a pass together. It was just all over the place. I mean, Flacco from the you know the bum snap that went over his head. You know that's not his fault. He scrambles. He should have dived on top of the ball. Instead, he picks it up unaware of uh, the defense coming for him. They, he fumbles the ball and it ends up in a, a Patriots touchdown eventually. Um, he's, he's, he's supposed to be the experienced guy on our squad. He should know better. 
than to do and make silly mistakes like that. You know, you expect that maybe from your rookies and preseason games, but quite fuck Flacco. He's a break. Um, so I, I wasn't too impressed. Um, there's a, a couple of poor, poor throws for Devontae Smith. Uh, Devontae looked not, not too bad, actually, but I'll let, I'll let them fill and yourself talk up talk well, up that. And I'm sort of just focusing on how bad the two quarterbacks were. Um, <laughs> I just really was not impressed at all. Flacco, there was another one in the end zone and he sort of just floated the ball and it should have ended in an interception. But I think the, the Patriots, however the, the defensive back was, sort of missed it. But again, it, it could have been... It could have been any score last night. It was just awful, awful. So we've had we've had a dog shite and and, and horse shite. Uh, have we got a camel shite coming up, Phil? No, <laughs> uh, the um, I just wanted to. I'm going to start by reassuring Mick. Um, it definitely wasn't Joe Flacco out there last night. Um, looked more to me like Alice Cooper. Um, generally, I swear, like a couple of times, I was that bored. I was like looking at him when he was in the huddle, and I was like, that looks like a fucking ass Cooper. Like, that makes complete <laughs> sense to me. Like, so shit, it's not meant to be there. Um, no, seriously, though, it was it was terrible, but I didn't feel too bad at the time. I was just more like, I've stayed up for this. It's just a bit much. Why have I stayed up for a preseason game? This is always going to happen. Um, but aside from that, like hearing today um, about the reasons why Hertz didn't start it's an illness shit happens literally probably um <laughs> and because of that decision the like Sirianni decides to sit the first string o-line and d-line because there's just no point it's almost like i think as soon as hertz was was not playing it was almost like well we've done all the work we've seen what we need to see in the practice reps and the and the open uh, the joint practice that this is more just a free shot for the secondary and, and third string that being said, they're fucking shite. <laughs> I think we've got like a, a theme or, or maybe the name for the podcast in, in the word shite. We've yeah. already used Top Tornado before. Yeah. <laughs> but it, like, again, it's, it's a preseason game and it was just like, there's no, there's no point reading anything into it. In fact, one thing I got away from it, Matt Jones looks like a really good player. I mean, I was, yeah, I was interested in Sierra but he looks generally like he can throw. And I know we're not going to give too much airtime to a pitcher's quarterback, but yeah, Mick, where's the, the mute button? Have we got the mute button for Phil? That's, that's because he had about an hour in the pocket because our defensive line was having oh, yeah, no there was that, Generally, when he was throwing the ball, you could see like that's there was a lot of it felt like a lot of Brady in, in there in terms of just able to stop when you have the time, yes, but still sort of slinging darts in tight windows, which is the main thing. Yeah, 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 yeah that's enough about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Flacco, Flacco was shit. The O line and D line were shit. Yeah, and you know the line, the linebackers obviously weren't because they're the first string linebackers, and we can touch on on those in a bit. I'm sure you guys will. But um, I think when you when you when you put it, I'm just right. Literally, just we're raising it from memory from one more more reasons than one. But essentially, because there's nothing you can take other than that, and it was an opportunity people to make a mistake of playing for the 53 and in a way that is a positive because half people that might have flattered to deceive may no longer be deceiving because they're not going to make the roster because of that performance. It's a very good point, you know, um, cut out, cut out, cut out the shit, right? The shite, which is again... Seems... Sifting, sifting out the, the pretenders, isn't it? There you, there you, there you go. Uh, so we're basically what we're saying is um, 
practices win championships. Exactly. That's what the Cowboys say anyway. Fuck the Cowboys. (laughs) 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 Yeah, good takes, lads. Um, We've got a lot. We've got a lot to get through in this podcast, but but, but just, you know, off the bat, take some last game. I wouldn't go as far as saying it doesn't mean anything because for a couple of reasons. The, first, the, the second reason is what you just alluded to. It, it lets you know who cannot step up when they're facing against the first team, uh, first team players, uh, both on the D-line and the secondary um, and on, on the O-line as well. I mean, Jesus Christ, the, the running game from the Patriots last night made us, at some point in time, it looked like men playing against kids. <laughs> and they were just running around us left, right, and center. But also, like some of the starters, the few of them that were there did shine um, and showed us that they are starting caliber um, players for the Eagles. And, and some of those players who were starting, Alex Singleton, I think his name is going to be mentioned a lot in this podcast. He's a shagger. I mean, we, we love that man. We love him. We, we absolutely love Alex Singleton. We love his personality. We love his game. I, I remember looking at a. Um, the graphic on the screen of the game last night of his journey to the NFL. I want to touch on that a bit later, but it, anyway, just just ridiculous. I'm 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 less on the it didn't matter last night, and more on the I'm taking positives away from this last night. Shock horror. I'm being positive about a 35 to 0 loss against Patriots, but I am. Both, both can be true though. You can mean nothing, and you can take stuff away. Agreed. Absolutely, absolutely agreed. Spoken like a true fan. Spoken like like an absolute true friend. Guys, I I want to get to the risers and fallers. And the reason I want to get to this is because we are coming up to the cuts. We had a few few cuts the other day to take it down to, I think it was 83 or 84, 83 on the roster. And we've got to get out, we've got to get out to the 53. And we're going to get through to who we think will make that in a little bit, not in detail, but just overarchingly. Who were the risers and fallers of the actual starters or secondary third string who played? Phil, I'll come to you first. Uh, give me your give me your risers uh, from from the game last night. Who, who stood out to you? Who played well? Who, who made more of an improvement than maybe they were perhaps seeing before the game? Slim pickings uh, as they may be. I think there's only really in terms of offense, there's only one way, one place that we can look at, and that's the running back room. I think there was, and we've waved. Johnson this week um so we've lost one of the original people we were quite quite hopeful for and I know it's injury related so he's now on IR so there's every chance he will play for the season and touch would happen we want to keep everyone healthy but not a bad person to have on your IR to sort of um if, when he's healthy being on the practice squad but um him aside obviously we're not talking about them we're talking about the people that played last night and that's um for me it was uh was Gamewell and and, and Holyfield that um Really impressed me. Game well, just as a continual thing. I think he's a pair of hands that we were looking for. He, he caught quite a few drop and uh, quite, quite caught quite a few catches that last season Sanders dropped. And that's not a, that's not a dig at Sanders. That's just the type of throws that were hitting drop. He kind of went, oh, it must have been a bad throw because mm. Wentz was terrible and that sort of stuff. But actually, the same terrible throws that were coming from Flacco last night, he caught enough of them to make think, yep. Yeah, that's going to be his role this season. He's going to be the screen pass running back. Um, hopefully, and I think he can do a bit of that as well, but I think that's his role in the in the running back room. As for Holyfield, um, he stood out for me because I think he looks quite 
strong in the in the trapping sort of side of things. Like he looks like he's, he can just burst through a bit, a bit Boston Scott esque in terms of he's the one who can get you that two yards into the end zone or get you that first down when you're sort of third and short. Um, I think that's those are the two of the people that start to me on offense. That's been, that's a couple of questions on that, Phil. Just as you sure. said, well, one point first. Uh, Gamewell uh, led the led the team in uh, total yards receiving and 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 rushing. Does everything really, doesn't it? Yeah, he, he's he's a dual he's a dual threat. And, um, he's there. definitely going to be that that link between the the back room and the receiving core. Is it? He's going to be that person where they don't know whether it's going to be a pass. He's, he's the option, isn't he? So he can be in the backfield and then an option um, to pass it to depending on how he wants to run the offence. But yeah, I think Holyfield's obviously an outside chance for, for making it into some sort of... That was my second question. Like, you know, I know we're going to get to 53. Do you think uh, Elijah Holyfield is going to make the, the 53? No, because I think it's going to be Sanders, Scott, Gamewell and Howard, depending on how many people they take. If they take five or if they take three, obviously Holyfield may get a sniff. But I just, I think Holyfield's someone you can have on the practice squad um, ready to come in when, if... Sanders gets injured or something like that. So everyone moves up one. He's just going to be the first reserve. In terms of the defense, there wasn't anything. There's no, there were no rises and there were no. Well, there were plenty of fallers, but no one we were probably ever going to have on the roster anyway. Um, in my eyes, but you guys might be able to touch on. Well, I think I think I think there was a riser, um, but it's it's hard to call him a riser because he's third, and I mentioned it earlier, and that's Alex Singleton. I mean, the guy was spraying all over the field um, for the first half uh, of the game. Uh, the commentators at one point were saying T.G. Edwards and Alex Singleton seemed to make every single tackle on the field. Now, if you go and look at the stats, that's not the case. But that's because the Eagles were tackling every two seconds in the second half um, because they were being run down. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Singleton is... He's a dog. He's a shagger. He's everything that we say he is every time he I comes sorry on. For him. <laughs> Why do you feel so? I felt sorry for him because he was just he was thrown in the deep end last night. Um, everyone around him, he, he was trying to cover the whole field because okay. of of the lack of you know depth in the squad where nobody was making a play in the ball that the. the the, the defensive line wasn't getting any penetration. <laughs> Singleton was basically having to do everything himself at points, and I, I just felt like we're sort of burning out our best linebacker right now. Um, why are we doing this? You know, it's and he was getting no help out there, and he did shine. Of course, he did because he's he is a good player. He played well um, last season, and he's going to kick on again this year by the looks of things. Um, in fact, one of one of the best plays he probably made last night was that um, the screen breakup mm-hmm. where he dodged between two um, blockers. And, two blockers. That was ridiculous, and took his ankle right at the end of the play as well, like literally yeah. tips. Yeah. And then I think he had a miss, like the play straight after that. But we'll just I don't know that a little bit. He must have been tired. But yeah, <laughs> so so one interesting thing I I didn't realize this, and this may not be a fact. Um, so he put his hand on his head and he tapped his hand on his head a number of times. And I thought that was him saying, that's on me. That's on me. But the commentator at the time was saying, I'm tired. That means I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. And for about like a play and a half afterwards, he kept tapping his head and looking at the sideline until they took him off. 
Yeah, yeah, but, but saying, fuck it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, think, I think the way that that, that, that point of the game was going, uh, like you say, saying, like dropping him in, in, in at the deep end, I don't necessarily think that was anyone's choice. I think it was that was the last link pin before Bubgate would be open. It could have been a 70-burger or something like that. If Sick Pick didn't have a game on that, they would have had more. How many more? I don't know, but I think it's like he, if you take him out, it is literally just throwing the rest of the land the walls and just going right have at it boys so um yeah yeah right so let's 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 get back to the to the risers and the fallers so um we've had a lot of fallers um i'm going to add another faller to the mix and that's mcpherson yep jesus uh mary joseph uh, and everything that comes with it mcpherson got absolutely torched burnt he was set on fire for three or four plays in a row uh, in the first half. He had a, he had a big miss um, on a play on the second touchdown. He then had a holding penalty uh, not too long after the holding penalty. And I think the only play I saw him make of any note was he broke up a, a second, a two-point conversion um, in the end zone when they decided they wanted to rub more salt into the wound <laughs> uh, that, that was already dug. Um, Hashtag Doug. Um, mm. <laughs> he 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 had a shocker, um, and I, I, and again, you know, I know there was no help everywhere else, but he he was five yards away from nearly every single pass that was thrown to a guy that he was supposed to be marking. I know Kayon Wallace didn't help him on a couple of plays when you're going between the, you know, this, the safeties and 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 the corners that you know who's picking up who and you maybe you, you're working zone, but. I was really underwhelmed and a little bit scared <laughs> at the fact that McPherson um, could even line up as a starter. Will probably be the second, the sec, the second person in. He looked like he was massively out of his depth, mate. Yeah, well, the, the thing is, I, I agree with everything that you said. He, he, he had a, a night to forget, um, undoubtedly, but and and and. That's that, that the kicker is that he's, he's not going to be a starter. He's, he's going to sit behind Slay and he's going to sit behind Nelson um, because we, we did that off-season business to bring Nelson in So for the clear CB2 because that's, McPherson isn't ready for it yet. He was, when did we take him as the fourth round in the draft? Um, yeah. he's, he's going to learn his trade. Um, Apparently, he's, he's, he's had a good camp so far, or so the reports have been first said. Half, I know first half of the camp, they said, but that he was he was lined up against Hakeem Butler and someone else who I can't remember. So it could, oh, well, be, yeah. could be a little bit elevated, that, that first half of the camp, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got some he's got some top role models there to work off of. Um, if you can sit behind those two. And learn this season. I, I'm I'm happy with that. I know there, there's the distinct possibility of, of Slay going down. Um, I happened season just passed. I think he was out for a couple of games uh, with some niggling injuries, or you know, just the, the amount of well, we've we've got an extra game this season as well to think about. So there there may be more rotation, and he might have to grow a lot faster than um we think. But I, again, who else have you got in that depth chart? You get you know Michael Jackett. Craig James, Seymour. It's, hey, it's Mick, quite thin. Mick, what's the name of this podcast? It's Next Man Next Up. Next Man Up. And, and, and you know, the, the theme I'm kind of taking away from, from what I saw last night is 
it's not a lot of next men up <laughs> when it comes to the Eagles depth chart. Go on, Phil. No, um, I was only going to try and interject, just say, like, I think this is obviously going to come across as a fence take, but it's not. It's just the fact that you can't dig out. <laughs> you can't dig out individuals. Um, everyone had a bad game. McPherson had a couple of points where it's probably easier to identify what he did wrong, but commentator, I think, at the time made a good point. It's as if he's being specifically told, don't let him down the line. He's then when he cuts inside, he's he's gonna sort of have that separation instinct because he's just it's the same when you say don't, don't draw him on his left foot. It's like that's the same principle is that you concentrate so much on one thing, you forget the other, and that's just part of the learning curve. So I'm not gonna dig anyone out in particular. If I have so far, then I'm probably being hypocritical here, but I don't think I have. I think I've done just said whole lot went to shit. It was just the fact that Singleton held it together to stop it being an absolute. And TJ Edwards. Like yeah, and TJ Edwards. But I mean, essentially, though, the, the linebacker, the first string linebackers or, or as close to it as possible were the only things that sort of stopped it from being some somewhat of an annihilation um, if it wasn't, if it's not considered one already. Yeah, yeah. But let's level it out here, right? There, you know, there are reasons... That Eagles didn't play so well last night outside of the individualities which we're talking about. Jalen Hurts didn't start. Whether you're a conspiracy, conspiracy theorist or not, <laughs> he didn't start. He went to the hospital with a stomach bug. As soon as he didn't start, you had three of your most senior O-line players not start. Sirianni said that was a decision made when it happened. The entire D-line was rested. One of the cornerbacks who was the starter uh, started. You had basically just your safeties and your linebackers playing. I mean, during the first half, we had third string D-line playing against the first string Patriots offense. You said it earlier. There's only so much we can read into the overarching results here. They smashed them during practice. And as we said earlier, practices win championships. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not reading too much into the overall result. I've seen enough positives from the stars you played, he shined, versus the... And the flip side is the secondary and, and the third string look, look dreadful um, and really, really bad. And the whole point of this podcast is next man up. And if that is the case, as it was during the Super Bowl season and the year after where it was next man up every 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 single game, then the Eagles are going to have an absolutely shocking year. And the people we talk to say, you know, 2 and 15 or, you know, 4 and 13 might be right. But if, if, if the offense starts, I'm still feeling pretty positive about these Eagles. Yeah, I just wanted to sort of interject before we move on um, on that point, is that, um, yeah, the defense... Was, was was poor because we were playing like an entire entirety of the second string or the third string at, at times. But um, I'm, it doesn't worry me as much as maybe other people it might because uh, in, barring sort of like a, a massive COVID sweep of the entire sort of first string, it's only going to be the odd guy. So Slay's out for a couple of weeks, the one, one second string cornerback. You know, the O-line goes out, we've got, one or two, we got two, one or two definitely strong backups. So I think ultimately they're gonna. Um, it's not. It's not going to be as like it was last night. It's not people going. Oh my god, we've got no depth. When you have a guy coming in from the second string, you're surrounded by the first string vets, the experienced guys. They can kind of make allowances and account for that that side of things. So if the guy's sort of not quite sure where he needs to be position wise, he's a bit overawed or anything like that, he's got the confidence and the experience around him to sort of coach him along so 
I think you have to take that into account as well. Yeah, so there's like there's less holes, right? So last night there may have been five holes on on yeah. the offensive line. Pick, or, you pick where you want to go. Last yeah, uh, so so you're accountable for less holes on a sinking ship, right? How, how many fingers have you got to plug those gaps? <laughs> um, well, that. yeah, yeah, that's a very it's a very good it's a very good point, Phil. Um, uh, I'll caveat that with you know were the Patriots playing with their first team in the second half? No, <laughs> did they still trounce us in the second half? Yes. Um, but still not going to be negative. <laughs> I get what you're saying. I, I think the, the, the overarching theme for this podcast is two things. One, they were shit last night. And two, who's, who's the next man up um, to fill those holes that you're, that you're alluding to? Yes, it's okay. One, one hole's filled, two holes filled, three holes filled. I'm not so sure. Four holes filled. Now we're losing five holes filled. Embarrassment City on, in, incoming. Mick, thoughts on that? Yeah, well, sometimes you can only be as strong as your weakest link. Um, it, it depends where the hole is. If, if you know, if Brandon Brooks goes down again this season and we're filling in with Matt Pryor for the entire season, I'll be worried about that because Matt Pryor did not have a good night last night. Um, and again, it's, it, it's, it's sort of situational as well. I mean, teams, opposing teams will, will watch the tape, they'll exploit. Um, where our, our weak links are. You seen it last night where they exploited um, poor Zach McPherson. Um, and and, yeah, and again, yeah, if, if our backups if our backups aren't good enough, then they'll just exploit it. Um, and you you I mean you're correct in what you're saying that, that we do have personnel there that should be able to you know sort of mitigate that cover it if you will sort of like Singleton was doing last night. But then you. You're sort of running the chance of burning these guys out um, because they're trying to do too much. So it's 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 a, it's a fine balance that, that needs to be struck, and um, it's, it's it's an interesting one. I don't really know what to make of it just now, but I, I think it just like I, you know you know what it's like. I said at the top of the podcast is that I'm not going to get hysterical about last night. Okay, it was a poor game. I'm sure the backups can probably play better. Than they did last night, so um, I won't send them down the river based purely on last night's performance. Because as Phil also correctly pointed out, it, it wasn't any really, it wasn't really any single person. It was more of a collective shit fest. You're not sending him off to Jonathan Cannon, Cannon. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah. I think that they're all fair takes. Um, it's hard to have any proper takes from what you've seen over than seeing people who are just not fit for it, i.e. Nick Mullins. How on God's earth has Nick Mullins had any sort of quarterback job in the NFL? I mean, Phil, I've seen your arm and I reckon you're more accurate and, and stronger than he is on the field. Definitely more accurate than yours, Liam. I remember what happened <laughs> last weekend. Um, hey, 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 hey. Uh, let, let's, let's not talk about my, my uh, quarterback exploits last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, well, I remember watching him last season for the Niners and thinking that he wasn't that bad. It was a shit first there as well, admittedly. So I think maybe he's shone, but he didn't. I don't remember him being as bad as he was last night. Okay, we did okay. Yeah. Yeah, you get put, you get pulled in the game against us for Beasard because he was terrible. 
Mm. There's that, but he just don't. I think he was. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Maybe the, the point's gone now. But yeah, no, I'm agreeing with you completely. He was absolutely terrible. I think he was counted about six, seven pump fakes at one point. <laughs> that was a really, really bad play. Mm. That was the like entire league panic on, and I imagine on his face was just like, no, but no, but no, but oh fuck! <laughs> it made me. Like- it made me miss Nate Sudfeld. <laughs> you know that you know you know that like a uh, boxing game you have like where like it's like a board game but there's two like boxing figures and just, that's it that that was what he was like on that play yeah. it, it was embarrassing yeah that um there was something i wanted to bring up earlier earlier in the pod when we were talking about um the part of the quarterback system the fact that if the, the quarterback goes down with through I think that feels a little bit to me like a, a hangover from uh, Big Dick Nick. And the fact that we had such a competent quarterback that it was almost just like, hey, no worries. He goes down, we've got him today. But the quarterback at quarterback is it's more there just to sort of steady the ship and sort of ensure that we can still play the game. Like we don't, people who are backup quarterbacks aren't meant to be good first string quarterbacks. Nick Foles was somewhere in between. He was too good to be a backup, but not good enough to be a first-string yeah. lead. And I think that, that is sort of a, an entity in its own. So when you're looking at Joe Flacco, I'm, I think he'd be okay to come in should Hurts not be able to get injured, touch wood, that doesn't happen. But, um, you know, or if we need to rest him for a game that's, you know, he will come in and he'll do an all right. I think, again, everyone had a bad game last night. So... Flacco had a fairly decent game. He was obviously got the touchdown against the Steelers. So it's all, I know you're only good as your last game, but everyone's quickly forgotten the good points of the Steelers and just being a no. Flacco's going to be fine this, this yeah. year. Like, you know, I, I know. Think he's I, mean, be fine. Kind of, I just don't think we need to be focused on whether Flacco is good enough to lead the team. It's like that's not what he's there no, for. No, exactly. I think your point's completely on point. I, I think Mullins is not someone you can rely on as a backup quarterback. I think Flacco's probably somewhere somewhere near. Uh, Sir Nick, um, uh, which which you which you alluded to, I think he's won a Super Bowl for God's sake. Uh, he he actually showed 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 some mobility last night. Yes, I know he made some bad throws, but you know he's a backup quarterback. And if you look at the you know average stats of backup quarterbacks coming in, I'm not sure they're too dissimilar or anywhere they're not better than what we saw from Flacco last night. But I don't think Flacco's a bad backup quarterback. I think he's a backup quarterback and nothing more. Greg Ward's the best quarterback backup that we've got in the squad. Greg Ward. All right. Is that your take? Is that your take? Greg Ward moves to backup quarterback for the season, Nick? <laughs> no, I'm just being flippant because I was angry last night. <laughs> not like you, it's not like you to be flippant. <laughs> I just wanna I just want to quickly touch on um on Devontae Smith, because you know, people want to hear about him. His stats don't look good. It's two from five from 19 or 21 yards. I can't remember which one it was um, last night. His jukes looked insane. He sticks his foot in the ground and he's gone. You know, the, the DBs do not know where he's gone. And even if they do, they're still three or four steps behind him when he does it. The separation he got, I mean, he is more open than mixed bottle of whiskey every time we do a podcast. But he is always, <laughs> always open. 
There you go. Um, on cue. Thank you very much. That was that was not something we edited into the podcast. That is actually Mick opening up his followers here. Um, Flacco was late to him on his first drop or his first or second drop. He was open about you know five steps before Flacco got the ball. By that point, Smith was running back towards Flacco to get the ball. It was almost like he was running back to beat a running back to take the ball off and to then go upfield and run the ball. And because he was running back, then people were all around him. And yes, he did drop it, but he was he was running back and stumbling. You know, Hertz didn't start today, and Devontae Smith has been taking all of the first team reps from Jalen Hertz. He's not been taking the first team reps from Joe Flacco during training camp. So he's not used to the velocity, the angles, or anything that's coming out of uh, Joe Flacco's arm compared to Hertz. You know, and Sirianni, I think, said after the game that he was late to look over the shoulder for one of uh, the, cap, the, the throws that um, Flacco made. I'm not sure he was that late looking back over his shoulder. Now, I know Sirianni knows a lot more than me, but it was, you know, we're talking split second stuff here. And when he, when he did make the jukes, I mean, he was given the ball on time in his route, in his run. He made plays. He ran around defenders. He broke, he broke through. You know, whatever you want to say about Devontae Smith being a 10th pick in a draft, and yes, you should, you should make separation anyway. Everything I saw from Devontae Smith last night was wide receiver one caliber of an offensive football team. I am, I'm, I'm high. He's a riser, and Mick, you put him on your graphic wrong. He's a massive riser uh, in my, in my estimations. Hashtag Alan Samson. Hope you're listening. In. <laughs> With, I know you. Uh, we had a bit of a conversation about uh, talking about the wide receivers, and me and Mick are like, no, nah, we don't really need to. There wasn't really a lot going on. Um, and it's clear from the reasons why you want to talk about it. You're you're all on the on the, the Smith train. I think for me, as soon as Hertz wasn't playing, nothing else really matters. There's there's no conclusions I can draw out of it, other than he looked good on one play for me. Um, regardless of who spot the drops were, the or the non-pass, like yeah, you're talking about there when he running back to Flacco. That was more frustrating than anything. It's just like that's. Yeah. Again, you make a good point that he's not really had any snaps from Flacco, so that can be explained maybe through that. But as soon as Hertz wasn't playing, it was more just about getting Smith on the field, just getting that feel for things. So even if he didn't get any targets, if he's just running the routes, if he's practising, if he catches a couple of balls that are thrown his way, great, that's what he should be doing. I'm, I'm not saying I'm happy that he dropped them. But no, no. I'm not really going to get into well, this. Sirianni wanted to get in the he wanted to get in the ball, didn't he? Yeah, I wasn't even fussed played last night. I know people like this is the hype, like seeing the jersey paraded around by the Eagles Twitter account before kickoff. He's going to play. I was like, is this a good idea? Um, but obviously that was with her playing at the time, so I was like, yeah, no, fine. But if if I would have taken um, Smith out of the game, um, Hertz under O line and D line because it's oh, Unnecessary risk. If you got hurt last night because of a oh no, because of a wayward Flacco pass, we'd be here, tears in our eyes, going, "How has this happened to us again?" And I just think maybe that was an unnecessary risk. So I'm almost a little bit annoyed that he has to play. But that being said, he played. He got a couple of snaps. He had one good pass, which showed that he's got. But aside from that, I would have, I would have, I would have held him back to maybe a couple of plays where he wasn't supposed to be targeted, just so we can get on the field. Sort of stay out of trouble, but I'm I'm gonna completely disagree with you. 
Like, I, I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely loved the fact that Smith was playing. And I loved the fact that when the passes didn't go his way, two things. One, Sirianni continued to make plays to get the ball to Smith. And two, Smith continued to try to make plays. It showed, I'm not saying you're wrong or I'm right. I'm just saying I, I, I get what you're saying about the risk. I completely understand that. And what happens if he does aggravate that injury um, that he had, um, you know, running through. And I think part of it is... Smith is coming out of college and everyone's got this small guy on his back, you know, um, you know, he's going to get injured when he plays in NFL and why he plays a bit of training camp and gets injured. He's going to want to get back out on the field, but. But it's a knee injury. Yeah, Just... but it's a, it's a niggly injury. It's not, it's, you know, it's not a, there's no keel surgery required. You know, you're not, you're not. No, not this time. It's not fully healed or it wasn't fully healed. And he just heard, he did it, like you alluded to, he's changed direction and he goes, well, been snapped, I'm gone. And it would have been like, why, why did you bring him back? Didn't even have you yeah. start quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Any I, see, I see the risk. I see the risk. I, I, I feel it. I'm not saying you're wrong. I see the risk. I, I just, I like the, I like the tenacity. I like the ambition. I like the drive. I like the want, you know, the hunger. You know, uh, what, what do we always say? Underdogs are hungry dogs. Come on, boys. <laughs> yeah, no, I wanted to just get that piece in about Smith. Um, but anyway, guys, let's move on to the last. Uh, there's three more things we need to uh, get across, but they should be in pretty quick fire. Uh, the first one is uh, who's your outside shot to make the 53 roster? Who maybe isn't expected to, but you think might make it? Mick, I'll go to you first. Oh, thanks. Um, the guy that hasn't had time to prepare anything. <laughs> we, we can go to the fence but he might pick four players for it uh, well yeah I suppose I hope hopefully I'll just take, I'll take the guy that he takes I'll, I'll just I'll go with Marcus Epps how about that um, safety I think we desperately need some help there Kayvon went down last night he um, has aggravated that groin strain that he's had. Um, we know it's that the same thing again, yeah. Yeah, we know that McLeod is is out just now, but he's hopefully coming back for the start of the season. We brought in Anthony Harris. Um, Marcus Epps is, is a good player. Uh, he made some plays last night. He had a good run at the end of last season. Um, I think he made a couple of good plays against Dallas. Um, he finished with two interceptions for the season, and and that was just for from the last uh, two or three games. Um, something that we desperately needed last season. That we just had hardly any turnovers, and we were definitely in the in, in the balance. So we were um, in the negative. So I think he's possibly on the bubble of fighting for a place on the fifty-three. You might say, okay, we can we can probably just cut him and then clear him coming back after waivers that he might clear but um, I think there's a case to be built that we could take we could take Epps with us on the, on the 53 because I think we probably need him I, 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 Yeah, I mean I co- completely agree um, you know, the only thing I might disagree with is I'm not sure he's an outside shot just because of the injuries but the injuries only happened you know, McLeod obviously initially but you know, Wallace yesterday um, but yeah, he, I think he was on the cusp of making the 53 but I think now with the injuries going down and the fact that we played well last season, I think you're spot on. I think 
I think he can't. I think he, yeah, I think he should. I think he should make it. I think it's a good shout. I think he's, he's a good shout to make it now based on the players we have. And what was it that um, Kayvon Wallace, did you hear the nickname that Kayvon Wallace gave himself um, about returning from injury? Oh, no, 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 was that Wolverine? Because he, because he, because he um, recovers from injuries so quickly, and then, and then he went and did his groin again <laughs> straight away. Obviously, he wasn't healed that well. Then. No, and he was he was chirps and all for um, Cam Newton in the um, in, in the training like in, in the practices one on one the entire time. I'd rather see Kayvon Wallace. Here. I agree if you make if, if all of us if, if the guys who we think and we thought um, were going to be starters from from week one, Epps is probably the guy that might have fallen out of that. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think he's got a good. I think he's got a good chance now, Phil. Uh, Nick Mullins. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go with Dillard. Um, no, it's too difficult to make that joke. Um, he's probably going to be there just because we've got a not great deal of depth, maybe. But um, no, the first time I think I might go for on the on the just on last night's showing possibly would be. Holyfield to to make. I like that. Move. I like that pick. Just only because of Gainwell and his ability in the receiving game, that might have an impact on what wide receivers are taking. They might say, "Well, actually, we've kind of got Gainwell as a fifth, sixth wide receiver option, and actually, we'll bring in Holyfield in place of a a wide receiver because he's got that that dual." Threat side of things, yeah. but it's more of a loose kind of. I'm going to pick who's going to be because I think he's not very with all those guys paid last night. I think that's a proper outside shot, outside shout because before today, before last night, I would never have in a million years imagined Valleyfield would have made the 53. But I think he did himself well last night. I think he had the most rushing yards of any running back on the evening. As you mentioned earlier, he was trucking a little bit and he got to the outside a couple of times as well. And like pretty good cuts, pretty good cuts in a running game. And you mentioned earlier as well, Phil, um, Karen Johnson is now injured. So that, that opens a potential spot for, for Hollyfield to, to make it. Yeah. All right. Mine's a good shot. Mine's a bit contro. And I know Mick's going to laugh at me when I say it. Jack Stoll. Oh, <laughs> let me give you my reason. Let me give you my reasonings. Let me give you my reasonings. <clears throat> Dick Rod, affectionately known as Dick Rod, Richard Rogers, his contract is only valid if he starts week one. It's a guaranteed contract. Number one. Number two, Tyree Jackson is down injured. He had an amazing training camp and he's out for nearly 10 weeks. Number three. Did you see Kroom go down last night clutching his knee? Yeah, Kroom died. He, he got carted off. That looked like a bad one. That's a crucial ligament all day. Nah, he's, he's out for the season. He's gone. He's, he's gone. He's absolutely gone. So Kroom's gone. Tyree Jackson, they'll get back on the, the practice squad as, as long as he's not picked up in waivers. Has he, has he already gone through waivers? Or not? I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but he'll definitely still be an eagle if we can get him. Um, Dick Rod could easily be picked up by someone else on waivers who wants to pay for the contract. If they feel strongly enough that Jack Stoll can do a tight end three role, I, I'm feeling pretty confident that we might see we might see Jack Stoll on our 53 man roster, and there's a potential for either four tight ends to be on the roster, or and I hate to say this, or bye bye to Dick Rod. You're you're trying not to laugh when you're saying it because you don't believe it yourself. You don't believe it. 
Um, hey, I've got evidence. I've got evidence. I've got evidence points that I have backed up here. Also, another evidence point: he led the team in receiving yards last night. Oh, I would not be hard. <laughs> so you like drawing conclusions from a game when it suits you, Liam? I don't know what you're talking about, Philip. <laughs> no, no. For for what it's worth, Liam, um, I was sort of. I, I thought you might have picked a stall for this, and, and, I, and I had a little think about it today, and I thought, you know... Oh, no, he's like, prepared for it. I, no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I promise you. Uh, I was just thinking, you know, Krim died, um, Tyree died, um, and we're left sort of short, but if we've still got Zach Ertz on, on the roster come game week one, but we're, I Definitely don't see us carrying. Yeah, yeah, so so you've got Ertz, got it. Potentially Rogers, well, should should be Rogers. Um, I don't think we'll carry four tight ends. I think it's just a little bit of a stretch, especially someone like Stall. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I probably wouldn't even be able to tell you his first name. Undrafted free agent, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Undrafted rookie, sorry. Yeah, it's, it's someone that would more than likely clear waivers. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know. I just, but see, the thing is, they say that, well, even looked like last night, we were trying to run the ball as much as we could. You can see Flacco, he was handing the ball off for the first, well, for, for quite a lot of the plays, actually. We were like, come on, throw the fucking ball. We want to see some, some action here, some dropper stuff. Yeah, um, four or five. Great. You know, so, but if, if Sirianni is, is going to play, is going to run the ball and play like 12 man personnel. You're going to need two tight ends, and whether or not we have Ertz in the building or not, we might actually need stall. So you might be right. You might oh, carry four. You might maybe, carry four. Just maybe. Just maybe. I like it. I love it. All right, let's move on to the locks. Uh, who, who's the person? Who's the person who you thought would definitely make fifty-three, either at the start of the preseason or in the last couple of weeks? Who now you think? may not make it. Phil, I'll come to you first. Yeah, I'm having the same problem as Mick now. I'm just desperately trying to think of <clears throat> of someone who I, I thought was a lark. I, I mean, it, usually when that happens, it's someone who's who's going to get injured and isn't going to uh, I'm not, I'm not. I know I'm that's not what you're looking for that. <laughs> in terms of people who have just haven't performed as well as I've, I've hoped, you haven't really seen the first. I've, I've got, I've got, I've got one. I've got one. No, you go. Okay. Oh, sorry. We, I, I didn't know you were going somewhere with it. No, no, no. If you, if you want moment. to jump in, but it's yeah. Go on, you go. You go. I think. Um, just, I think Fulgham might miss out. I see that. That is literally, <laughs> and, and if those of you can see the screen, I, I've got Fulgham written down. Mick, as soon as Phil said Fulgham, went, Christ, that's who I was going to say. But I uh, think that's yeah. a very poignant point. Do, do all three of us feel that? I, I feel that. I think based on the limited wide receiver player that we've seen with her and the fact that he didn't have a, a great camp, is that in comparison to Quez Watkins, who's had an outstanding one, but then Hightower has also not had a great camp. So he's clearly... Hightower had some plays last night that Fulgham didn't. He did. I think he returned a couple um, times as well. So that might even push Fulgham out further. Like if Hightower's 
pressed in some other area. I just don't think it's happened. But yeah, I think based on what I said earlier in terms of the surprise inclusion being Holyfield, it could be someone like Fulgham that's going to be the guy to miss out. That's a very good point because you also said the reason Holyfield might be included is because you might see Gainwell more in the passing game. Yeah. Ergo, less of a reason for Fulgham. What a guy to have on the practice squad as well. I mean, that's exactly where he came from last season, out of nowhere. It won't be out of nowhere this time if he comes in, but it's almost just like history repeating himself wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. So here's a question for you both. Uh, JJ, I take a white side and full of them. Both, both don't make the team in whatever scenario that happens. They're both on the practice squad or available to be picked up by waivers. Who gets picked up, JJ or full of them? You go, Mick. What a question. Um... Yeah. You know, you know, my, my mind went straight to Fulgham would get picked up, and then I thought, you know, well, JJ, as much as he's had a terrible career so far, um, is still a former second round pick. Um, and there's there's possibly coaches out there that think they can still get the best out of someone like that who has been proven to perform at a college level, mm-hmm. who maybe has struggled at the NFL level. Um, but again, there's there's always coaches out there that believe that they can turn a player's fortunes around just look at you know Wentz I don't really want to bring him up but Frank Reich obviously thinks he can turn his fortunes around um, although we have Sariani who's a former wide receivers coach you've seen him um, mic'd up this week um, talking to the receivers and, and making sure they knew what they were doing and practicing their footwork and everything else that's going along so JJ should be should be improving and that sort of thing but we've seen Quez, come on, leaps and bounds. Why have we not seen that from... I mean, Gage, um, Gage hasn't really... From Gage himself. But a ca- I don't think he's dropped a catch in camp. Like, but... He's played He's played some special teams as well. Yeah, um, I was going to jump... Not jump in, but I was going to say I completely agree. I think it would be Vega Whiteside purely because of special teams. Bringing him in, you've got that extra... Yeah, if you're picking one, I think that might be shaded. And I think I also agree with you both your points that there's probably something that I think Siriani's probably seen from JJ means that you'd want to see him in a big game. Every, I think deep down, everyone, I'm putting my neck out here, which I don't normally do. I think everyone wants Athega Whiteside to be a good player. And I think some people have just lost patience earlier than others. But I think if he turned around and started the season, started game one or came in at game one, a touchdown for 50 yards, we'd all be like, oh, we finally got the player that we hope to get. No one would be like, hey, where's this guy? Where, where's he been? But, hey, I'll take him from five yards touchdown. That'll do me. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So, and I think as much as I love, we love Fulham last year, he's probably the one of the shining lights. He didn't, I know he kind of, he was a victim of the, the quarterback fiasco. I just generally think there was a reason why he wasn't brought in. And I think, he was like a one-hit wonder, maybe, that once people had figured him out, it was a little bit like, he's not useful as we thought he was. He's not, maybe he's not able to adapt, maybe he's not able to improve his game, because that, that was the reason why he's been a practice squad player up until that point. Well, I mean, according to Fulgham, the reason uh, he didn't continue that form was because Alshon Jeffrey came back from injury, and Alshon Jeffrey then took his place again. But that's big talk. If you don't back it up by taking a starting job um, in the team the season after, obviously we're, we're, we're only talking about getting, it. If you're getting beaten out by a banged up return at Alshon Jeffrey, then there's probably 
bigger questions that need to be asked. And I'm try- I feel like I'm being overly harsh on it now, but we all thought it was because Doug Peterson had a sort of an, you know loved Alshon Jeffrey too much and just ignored form. I think Doug maybe I can't believe that he would be so naive to say, okay, how good this player has been. I'm going to bring in this guy who's been injured just because he's our former top wide receiver. Um, Could also like, be Howie with the big salary that Alshon Jeffrey um, had. Yeah, there's, there's, well. there's going to be factors outside. I'm, I'm drawing conclusions where maybe I don't need to. I just think I'm trying to find explanations as to why. I think a white side still here for one. Therefore, it seems like he, it must be that he's first reserve out of those two. Okay. So I'm not sure. We well, no, sorry, I'm sure we got to a definitive answer there. So you're both cutting Fulgham. <laughs> you're both cutting Fulgham and you're both giving JJ Ortega Whiteside his uh, third, his third chance, his third crack at a whip. Um, on the Eagles' offense this year, I'm not going to disagree. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to disagree. I'm just going to leave it there for our listeners to ponder, and <laughs> for uh, the podcasts in 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 six weeks' time to come back and and, and look at. And I'm not going to give Mick another opportunity to come back. I'm joking. Go on, Mick. <laughs> I was just going to say I sound like a total hypocrite because on the last podcast with Zach, um, I said Fulgham was my wide receiver three, um, and it just shows you what can happen in a week and a half. Well, well what can happen? Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly what's happened. He was wide receiver three. When we spoke to, well, sorry, when you spoke to Zach Berman, when he said he agreed, he was just like, like Quez is four or five best. Now everyone. Five slash maybe four, he said. Yeah, might get on the squad, should get on the squad, might be a packed squad guy. Now it's a case of we've got our front three. Hopefully, they fulfil their potential and we won't be needing to talk about Morgan or JJ or anyone. It's just going to be, these three are going to be a triple threat that people are going to be going, well, we weren't sure whether the Eagles are going to be any good this season, but this is the reason why they are. I love the personnel, Jalen swinging it. Love it. There you go. And, um, you know, we haven't touched on it yet and probably because there wasn't much to touch on, but we didn't see anything of Quez Watkins last night at all. Um, not saying we need to touch that now, but we didn't see anything from him. We've seen a couple of really good plays before last night, but we didn't see anything last night. Keeping him fresh. Right. There you go. Keeping fresh. <laughs> week one. That's what I want to see. That's the positive I like to hear. All right. Uh, last question for us to discuss, um, which is eh, an interesting question, but maybe an easy one. A uh, position that we all think needs addressing during waivers. Miklas or mm. Michelangelo or Mick the Beard, whichever name you want to take, or just your name, Mick. Uh, Call me Lucy if you want, it doesn't matter. I only get on Sunday. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, sorry, what was the question again? Uh, which position <laughs> do you think needs addressing during waivers? Every fucking position. Did you see that show last night? Um, no, um, it's, it's an interesting one. Um, ooh, I think we need to probably some help on the line, on the defensive line, I would say. Um, I just didn't really like what I seen off for setting string last night. Um, again, I know last night only goes so far, but I, I'm just not... Um, 
you know, that happy with the likes of T.Y. McGill and I don't think he had a, a particularly great game in, in Hassan Ridgeway. It's, it just seems that we're, we're very shy, shy on, on those sort of positions and I think we could probably get someone in with a bit more experience and or of, of starting calibre sort of thing, like we did last off-season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, not even starting caliber, just like good, good, good second string, a, a solid backup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I saw the same thing with Team Team Miguel and, and and Hassan Ridgeway. Ironically, you know, Ridgeway was making you know decent progress in camp before it as well. So, I was a little bit shocked shocked to see that. But I, I also go back to to Phil's really uh, poignant point earlier on in the podcast, i.e., it's a bit different when there's one person stepping in. Uh, or two people stepping in to fill a gap rather than the whole line. I'm not disagreeing with you at all, by the way. I think you're on point. From what I saw last night, we need some help on that. And it's ironic because going into it, we actually thought we had depth on offensive line and defensive line. <laughs> they were like the two positions in the trenches that we were all... And, and I think, I'm not just saying we, I think like the entire Eagle, Eagles franchise, the media, everyone was saying that they were the two positions we felt like we had depth in. And last night showed that actually... No, we don't. Unless they step up, unless they're just in a bad game, I, I, I can't find any reason to really disagree with you on that, Mick. I think it's a, a good point, Phil. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think I think you both are. I probably I was in, I was going to say linebacker only purely based on once Singleton and Edwards went off the pitch. It was a little bit. We lost that. It was a clear off the replacements, but. Listening to you talk, I'm probably more inclined to agree with you there, actually. Yeah, but it's hard to tell whether so the defensive line and the linebacker end and the linebackers begin in terms of the responsibility who's at fault for the busted play. So I think you could say both, but I'd probably go with you guys, I think. Yeah, thanks for that, Phil. It is clear that we do need help in the depth chart on the offensive line and defensive line. And that's going to about wrap it up for us, folks. So thank you very much for listening in. And the next time you do listen in, we hope to have a very, very important update for you on the next step in the journey for Next Man Up for all of our UK and Eagles listeners around the world who do listen in, uh, the millions of you that we know there are. There is a, there is a special update coming soon, which will you know, generate some extra special content. So keep your eyes peeled and ears perked for that update in the next few days. I've been even here, your host, Mick. Thank you so much. Phil, it's a pleasure as always. I love spending time with you guys. Love doing this podcast. We are the next man of podcast. Thank you for listening and we love you.